And we are back with another episode of The Scoreboard. Welcome inside the show, along with Adam Bradford, I'm Crash Collier. And let's get straight into it with football. So USC coming off a important but close win against Arizona. This week they face Cal back home in the Coliseum on Saturday. Adam, what are your thoughts on the game? On the Arizona game or the Cal game? Let's start with the... Arizona game and what you think yeah. will lead to in the Cal game. I mean, I thought it was definitely like it was a good win for USC. I mean, it wasn't the prettiest at times. The defense definitely still has a lot of work to do. I mean, that's kind of something we've known for a while, but they're without several of their top players, without Jordan Addison and Mario Williams, Andrew Voorhees, that's three of their top players on offense weren't playing. They're without Eric Gentry, who's been arguably their best defensive player this season. So to come away with a win despite being out a lot of their top guys. Even though Arizona isn't the best team, it was still a good performance. Uh, Caleb Williams, obviously a really good performance. And I was very impressed with the wide receiver who stepped up in the absences of uh, Addison and Mario Williams. Uh, Taj Washington with a big day and Kyle Ford. Those are two guys who are holdovers. They weren't like the sexy transfer names you see kind of running over offseason. They kind of got forgotten about a little bit. But they've both been there. They've been working hard and uh, the opportunity came and they really stepped up. So it was a big performance from those guys. Yeah, definitely so. And I mean, you do have to give credit to Arizona for keeping it competitive. I mean, especially Jane Delora and the Arizona offense gaining over 500 yards. While obviously it doesn't speak too well to USC, the fact that they were able to just stay in the game and make and come with the win, it's a big deal for them. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I give credit to Jed Fish. He's seen, I mean, he inherited a mess at Arizona. Like, I don't know if you remember when he took over, they just they fired the previous coach, Kevin Sumlin, during the pandemic. They really didn't want to fire him because they couldn't afford to, but he lost 70-7 to to Arizona State. It was so bad that they didn't have a choice. He inherited an absolute dumpster fire. And last year, they only won one game, but they were clearly showing signs of progress. And this year, with transfers like Jaden Delore and Jacob Cowling, he has uh, them having an explosive offense. They're definitely a team on the come up. I don't know if they're going to make a bowl game or not, regardless, like, what he's doing there is pretty impressive. Agreed. So now let's look... F- Ahead to uh, this weekend. So Saturday, November 5th, USC versus Cal in the Coliseum. What should we expect from USC? Uh, hopefully a much smoother win than you saw on Saturday. I mean, I think Arizona's a team on the come up. I'm not so sure about Cal. I mean, Cal's not a very good football team. They've lost four games in a row. They're 3-5 and five on the year. They're struggling to get to bowl eligibility. So there's another game where USC should win handily. It should not be close to most of the second half. You should see a lot, get, hopefully get a lot of the backups playing time, ideally, in this one. Yeah, and hopefully we also see that uh, USC has those guys you mentioned, Jordan Addison, Jordan Addison, Mario Williams back at receiver, and then we also have Eric Gentry back on defense. So hopefully between all that, you can hopefully they uh, look a lot better than they did last week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you definitely hope to see some of those guys back. I mean, injuries aren't the biggest concern. I mean. Obviously, like, Cal's not—the next two games, Cal and Colorado, are not going to be very tough, I would certainly hope. I mean, Colorado's won one football game all year. They're one of the worst teams in the power—they're probably the worst team in the Power Five. The one football game they won all year was against Cal. So the next two games are not—really—the most important thing is having those guys healthy and 100% for when they play UCLA in three weeks— if, ever, if USC loses one of the next two games, it would be catastrophic. So they really, they, USC should just come out, put their foot on the gas early, pull ahead, take care of business, and coast to a win. And if they don't do that, it's a problem. Definitely, especially, yeah, it's important to keep everybody healthy going into the final four games of the season, especially that UCLA game, which is the final away game for the Trojans. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got these two next two against Cal and Colorado, which are real tune-ups, and the UCLA game's obviously going to be huge. 
And then Notre Dame game at the Coliseum is another big one. Notre Dame's not having the best year, but still, it's a big rivalry. USC hasn't beaten them since 2016, so the next two games, so USC should have more, be somewhat more tune-ups for USC, but those last two games is a huge stretch. It's ultimately, I think, it's going to define USC's season. Especially, yeah, with the Pac-12 looming, and you got USC, UCLA, Utah, and Oregon all in contention for those two spots in Vegas, and all of them looking very similar with incredibly spearhead spearheading and suffocating offenses led by really talented quarterbacks in Caleb Williams for USC, Dorian Thompson Robinson for UCLA, Cam Rising for Utah, and Bo Nix for Oregon. Yeah, three of those guys are transfers. You know, Bo Nix came from Auburn where he had a very up and down few years and then he's lighting it up at Oregon now. Cam Rising transferred from Texas a few years back. I don't think he played very much in Texas. He's been at Utah for a few years now, but he's definitely a very sturdy quarterback. He actually, he didn't play last week against Washington State with an undisclosed injury, so it'll be interesting to see what that is. Uh, But Utah's looking to get him back by the time they play Oregon, which is on the same day that USC plays UCLA. That'll be a huge day in the Pac-12. Yeah, arguably the most important day in the Pac-12, especially for those four teams. Yeah, definitely. Most most important day the Pac-12's had in a long time. I mean, this is a conference that hasn't had a team in the college football playoffs since 2016. This is definitely the best the conference has looked in a long time. I mean, they have two teams in the first of the playoff rankings. I think it's for the first in the top 10 of the first playoff rankings for the first time, I think, ever since the playoff rankings started. So this is, a, this is a huge for the Pac-12, especially with USC and UCLA, two of the top four teams, leaving in two years. Like, feels like the Pac-12's window of opportunity to sort of crack the playoff and really establish itself is sort of the next two years. So the next few weeks are going to be huge for the conference. And they should definitely take advantage of USC and UCLA while they have them. For sure, yeah. All right, so with all that, let's now move to men's basketball, which the season for that opens on Monday, November 7th. USC takes on Florida Gulf Coast, the previous stop, coaching stop for head coach Andy Enfield. Adam, what should we... What are we looking to see, and what are the expectations for USC basketball this season? Yeah, USC basketball was picked to finish fourth in the Pac-12 this year behind UCLA, Arizona, and Oregon. Uh, obviously, losing Isaiah Mobley is tough to the NBA. I uh, just had a couple guys transfer, uh, Ethan Anderson and Max Ogbongpolo, are uh, going to uh, off Wyoming now. So I, but then they still bring back Drew Peterson. They bring back Bill Gellis, and they got a lot of young guys they're excited about, like uh, Reese Dixon Waters, Kobe Johnson, so I think what's going to define the season for this USC team is sort of those, if those younger guys can really take a step forward, step up, and help take their game to the next level. Because a lot of those guys were sort of nice players off the bench last year, but the bulk of the minutes, it was guys like Isaiah Mobley who were making plays. And you have a couple of those guys coming back in, Drew Peterson and Boogie Ellis, but you can't just win with two good players. You need, so you need some of those young guys to sort of step up and turn into stars in their own right. I think Reese Dixon Waters sort of did that a bit last year, but can you build off that? And then can you get guys like Kobe Johnson, Harrison Horner, and those other bench guys who are going to have to play bigger roles this year to really step up. Agreed, yeah, and I would definitely add uh, Joshua Morgan to that list as well that you mentioned. Yeah, Especially guy. guys like him, Johnson, and Dixon Waters were all coming off the bench and playing important minutes last year, so it's important that they can. And I think Kobe Johnson is in another bit of a pressure spot this year considering that he's been uh, named a captain by the team. So in addition to probably seeing an expected increase in minutes this season he's also got a new leadership role that he's got to uphold and really help to lead and unify the Trojans this season yeah, I think that definitely speaks to his leadership I mean everyone was expecting Drew Peterson and Boogie Ellis to be captains I mean they were turning starters they're seniors uh they're both transfers but they've been in the program for a couple of years now but yeah to see Kobe Johnson get the honor was definitely a bit of a surprise it definitely speaks to his leadership so hopefully that leadership can 
manifests itself on the court as well, and you can see a breakout season from him. Yeah, and the first chance to see that will be on Monday. And hopefully, I don't, I haven't really looked too much into Florida Gulf Coast, but it should be a good matchup. USC did beat them last year in Florida. And so it'll be definitely an interesting matchup. You should definitely try to make it if you can. First 1,000 students get free T-shirts, by the way. Yeah, I have my actually my sports commentary class at 6.30 on Monday. So I'm hoping that'll let us out early so I can catch the end of the game. Yeah, definitely try to. And then now, other events going on this week. T- tomorrow, which is Friday, November 4th, USC Women's Soccer takes on number one UCLA in a conference showdown to end for the regular season. Hopefully that should be a good matchup, and it'll be definitely interesting to see how USC responds. They had two wins last week against Washington and Washington State, and really just at this point, this match is for placement in the playoffs, which USC should make regardless of the outcome of Friday. Yeah, and so it might not mean the most in terms of like anything other than seeding. At the same time, like rivalry games, like all that gets thrown out the window. Like, like they say record gets thrown out the window, which isn't entirely true. But at the same time, like it, you don't you don't need anything else to play for. You don't need to be playing for a title or a trophy or anything like that. It's you want to beat your rival, and your rival's the number one team in the country. Like that's all the motivation you need. So yeah. regardless of the Pac-12 title implications, it's a huge game for USC, and definitely to make a huge. It would make a huge statement to beat number one UCLA in the regular season for that would give the team a lot of momentum going into the postseason definitely definitely a good win for the resume too for sure and then now other events going on this week usc women's volleyball is hoping to bounce back after a tough weekends in the mountains with losses to utah and colorado and this week they take on on november 4th they take on arizona state followed by on november 6th they host arizona both of those games will be in galen center Hopefully those go well. And then women's basketball also opens up the season on Tuesday, November 8th. First 500 fan- students get a free hat. Did I just mention that? Yeah. Is Trojan FIFA paying you to say that? Or, sorry, it's the Legion now. Is the Legion paying you to say that? No, I'm just saying it anyways for uh, pro- uh, to help promote it, nice get pro- people there. Nice promotion. Yeah, no, yeah. Women's basketball will be interesting to see. Uh, Entering year two under Lindsay Gottlieb, uh, she's definitely done a lot of stuff to remake the program. The question is, can they take that next stride? Uh, there definitely flashes of promise last season, but it was definitely a rebuilding year. Now the question is, can they take that next step forward in year two? Hopefully they can get off to a strong start against CSU Bakersfield on, on Tuesday. And yeah, hopefully it will be a good season for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pac-12 definitely a very strong conference for women's basketball, so it won't be easy. But Lindsay Gottlieb's definitely a very good coach, and so question is like yeah yeah i think she's i think she's doing a lot of good stuff now can they take the next step forward in a tough conference they showed a lot of promise in the exhibition game but only time will tell and and tuesday get their first opportunity to show if they're the team that we saw when they completely dominated cal state la yes uh i don't know if cal state la should be the benchmark but well, they yeah. won by like yeah. forty. Okay. So, yeah. I'm I meaning in terms of that, and yeah. I'm not They're, saying I'm not saying that, I'm, but I'm, I'm I'm not trying to discredit. I'm saying like that's what you should be doing. Definitely, yeah. I was just saying like it's just the one game that we have to really evaluate from this season with this team. So, yep. okay, that's that all I'm sense. saying. Yeah. All right, and that's gonna do it from us here at the scoreboard, along with Adam Bradford. I'm Crash Collier. Thank you. Have a great night.